sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. The day was April 17th. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what else to say about it. It was April 17th, and the whole thing went from bad to worse. It should have been wonderful for Mordecai at this point. His daughter had just been made queen of all of Persia, and he had personally foiled an assassination attempt on the king's life. He had personally saved the king's life. He should have been in the palace. He should have been promoted to a place of power and authority, living well, but instead, what should have been good turned bad. You know, I wonder how much that stung. When everything that should have been his was given to someone else. All of the credit had been given to Mordecai, to Haman. And then it went from bad, and then it went to worse, and, and Mordecai refused to, to bow down in front of Haman. You know, there, there may have been a bunch of reasons for that. Maybe it just stung too much for him to, to ever bow down. Or, but maybe... We could take it in the kindest possible way and say that Mordecai would not bow down because he was trying to obey the first commandment. And he was not going to, to bow down to anyone else besides God. You know, he stood for God. Literally, he stood up for who God is. And as a direct result, an edict went out to all of Persia did you notice how the narrator said it? He repeated it. They should be killed. They should be annihilated. They should be wiped out. Men, women, and children. That was April 17th for Mordecai. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? I, if you're a brave person, you can stand up for what's right. And if you're a brave person, you can stand up for what is right and you can take the consequences for it. But, but when you stand up for what's right and the people that you love take the consequences for it, it's something different entirely, right? It seems to me that Mordecai is the kind of guy who wouldn't have minded having the gun pointed at himself for what he did, but then the gun got pointed at all of his people instead. Now the narrator makes, he, he kind of pushes that into us. He calls the Israelites Mordecai's people. It was directly because of what Mordecai had done that now all of the people are going to die. Can you imagine that? That was April 17th for Mordecai. He had tried to stand up for what is good and what is right and genocide as a result? You know, it makes me kind of think about the times in, in my life where I've seen something like this. You know, a, a member of my family had a literal April 17th. It was the calendar date, April 17th. 
or going to a, a pastor's conference, doing the right thing. And the engine of the plane literally exploded. And they expected to make a rough landing. That was April 17th. A, a figurative April 17th in, in my life. I, I know this dear woman from the beginning of her life all the way through it. She has poured her life out for God. She has raised seven children and she has trained them in righteousness. She moved her family across the country several times. She moved her family to Texas so that they could be a fish out of water, bringing the gospel to Vietnamese people who don't know Jesus. And I still remember her lying on a couch, basically unable to move with stage four cancer. Having been told, you know, you might prepare for the worst. That was April 17th for my mom. April 17th, these days where you try and live your life for Jesus and then everything turns upside down, goes backwards, turns dark, and it seems like God can't possibly be in control. You know, you try and stand up for Jesus in a relationship and as a result, you lose the relationship. You try and live every moment of your life for God and it seems like nothing can go right for you. You try and be a church here, right? You try and be a church here that stands up for God's word and the law and the gospel in its purity, and people don't like you for it sometimes. You know, you go into your work and you know that when you share the truth with someone, you are likely going to have to take a new job and your family is going to hurt for, you, for it. It's April 17th. And you know as well as I do, if not better than I do, that on days like April 17th, the thought comes into your head, can God be in control of this? Can a God who loves, can a God who is powerful, can he really be here at all or has he left? You know, I was thinking about these things, and, and I remembered a song that I had heard back in college that the lyrics of this song address God directly and ask tough questions. As I read this, think about these questions for yourself. That's what we're going to do here today. So think about these words. The world exists because you commanded it. So where's your hand in it? Or have you handed it over to man and turned away and abandoned it? Did you try your best and then left man to handle it? Did your plans find success or should we second guess? When world leaders are deceivers eager to puff their chests, when life is a game of chess, do you have these kings in check? April 17th. It makes you ask questions like that. 
No, I, I want you to think about these things. The, the narrator wants us to think about these things. That's why Esther chapter 3 is here, so that we can look at these times in our lives, look at these moments in our lives, our April 17th, and wrestle with them and fight for faith in them. You know, when the worst thing that you could have imagined happens, when the doubt that you've been fighting with overpowers, when that day hits, how are you going to know that God is good? When all you can see is darkness, when, when a death sentence comes onto your life, how are you going to be able to know that God is indeed good? You know, what we could do and what my heart is itching to do for you here today, I wish we could just skip to the end of Esther so that we could see together everything does turn out good in the end, but we're not going to do that today. Today, we're going to stay in Esther chapter 3. And I think that's enormously valuable and enormously important. And here's why. When your April 17th happens, you won't be able to fast forward to the end. You're going to have to live every single moment of it. And in the worst moment of your April 17th, you need to be able to have an answer to the question, how can I know if God is good? Here's the answer. Believe. <laughs> Believe that it's not only your April 17th. Believe that it's also God's April 17th. <laughs> that he has not abandoned you that he is working for your good, that he will deliver you from it. I mean, harder said than done. You can look for it in Esther chapter 3. I mean, where do you find that? Where, where do you find evidence that God is there in that situation? It, it might be hard to find. You know, a commentator sees on, on one fact here that we read that Haman... He wanted to know exactly which day people should be killed on, and so he, he cast lots. And the lot of, of the day that all the people were going to be killed was 12 months later. So, so commentators grasp on it, uh, and they say, hmm, I mean, hmm, right? Maybe that's God's grace, that he gave them 12 full months to be able to prepare so that Esther could go before King Xerxes and put together a counter-edict. Maybe there is a lord of the dice, but, but that's all you can really find here. So where's God's hand in it? You know, maybe you can notice this with me. Esther chapter 3 has something brilliantly in common with Exodus chapter 12. It, it was just an amazing coincidence that I was studying those two chapters right next to each other. Exodus chapter 12 is the account of when God passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. It's the day of the Passover. You know what those days have in common? April 17th. 
the narrator in Esther is very clear about which day the edict was sent out. It was on the first, in the first month, the 13th day. Historians can make a, a kind of okay guess. They kind of guess that it was April 17th that that edict went out. That's why I've been using that date a lot today. Do you know what happened on the 14th day of the first month? Besides the little girl having a sliver in her foot. On the 13th day of the first month, an edict went out that all of the Jewish people would be killed. On the 14th day of the first month, God passed over and delivered his people from death. On the 14th day of the first month, even during that time in Persia, the people were able to remember, we have been in a place of death before. We have been in a place where, where our people should have died and God delivered us. You've seen this before, how God has delivered his people from death. It's God's big day. You know, we, we can see this here, that it's not just our April 17th. It wasn't just Mordecai's April 17th. It wasn't just the Israelites' April 17th. It was God's. And even when they could not see God's hand anywhere, it was there. See, this is what God does. He delivers his people from death. <laughs> you know, the author of that song, he, he asks all these good questions. You know, where is your hand in it when, when life seems just like a game of chess? Do you have these kings in check? He goes on to say, with all this evil, how can I believe you're good? I didn't understand until I saw that man nailed to wood. When it's your April 17th, where do you look? <laughs> where can you look to know that it's not just darkness? That God has not lost? That God has not abandoned you? You look to the cross. You look to the cross so that you can know that even though all you can see is darkness, that there is a light that is above the darkness and it's God. And he is working in your life so that you can be exactly where he wanted you to be in the first place, right next to him in heaven. How can you know on your April 17th when life is at its darkest that God is good? You look to Jesus to the man nailed to wood. You know, I titled this sermon, The Victory of Faith. This is a battle. And a victory of faith on your April 17th looks like this. It looks like you believing that no matter what you see, no matter what you can perceive, it means believing that every trouble will be triumph. That every loss will be gain. That every victimhood will be victory, right? 
It means believing that it's not only your April 17th, it's God's too. And yours is a God who moves in history to deliver his people from death. I think I want to end in this way today with another poem. It's a poem that you can find in a Nazi concentration camp, actually, another April 17th, right? You have to go down into a horrible cellar to see this poem scratched into the wall. And the poem goes like this. It says, I believe in the sun, even when I don't see it shine. I believe in love, even when I can't feel it. And I believe in God, even when I can't see him. Believing that, that is the victory of faith. Will you pray with me? Lord God, your son Jesus taught us to call you Father. And in that name and in that title for you, we know your love and your compassion and your power and might. And through Jesus, we know that we have become your people and you have become our God. We come to you in trust, knowing that you fight for us and that you make every power, even Satan, bend to serve your will. We pray in your great name. Amen.